Ditch the overwhelm, drop the frustrations, and don't be underestimated. We want you to get more from your business with confidence and predictability. Quantum Scaling presents Scaling with Intent, creating profitable growth now while positioning for a profitable exit later. A podcast for overwhelmed, seasoned business owners who want more flexibility and freedom to truly live life on their terms. Every two weeks, we'll be talking about all things business, dreams, and making things happen. Keeping each solo episode 20 minutes or less because we know your time is valuable and we want you taking action on the things that matter most. To give you an extra viewpoint, we'll be bringing guests on occasionally to share their stories and hopefully bring some of our listeners to the mic to help them figure things out. I'm Peggy Niles, Scaling and Profit Strategist, Fractional CFO, Certified Business Exit Consultant, and owner of Quantum Scaling. I have worked with Hyatt Corporation, Alberto Culver International, Ernst & Young, and other large corporations. Advised on mergers and acquisitions for companies ranging in six to nine figures, and worked with small business owners to scale their companies profitably. Like most of my clients, my story started with trying to gain flexibility and freedom without choosing between a career and enjoying life. Our mission is to help ambitious yet overwhelmed entrepreneurs like you confidently get more out of your business as you grow and scale your company to exit. You'll get frameworks and solutions offering growth with a different perspective. We'll be giving you actionable strategies, making it easier to scale your company and increase profits with predictability, all while positioning you for a profitable exit, so your company's ready when you are. We want you to walk away ready to challenge the status quo and make things happen. So put the earbuds in, hit the play button, and take a walk, hop on the treadmill, get in the car, or just sit back and enjoy the chat. Our goal is to be no BS, but a whole lot of substance. Did you know the longest part of a buy-sell transaction, and often the killer of the deal, is the due diligence? Remember when I discussed starting with your end game? Whether you're selling your business as part of an exit, buying a business for expansion, or considering other growth strategies such as new offerings, new markets, Doing your due diligence will help you stay in line with your end game. And remember, it's not a done deal until the paperwork is signed. Before I get started, I want to briefly note that in the notes section of this episode, there's a link where you can submit questions you may have, either on today's topic of due diligence or other topics that you'd like to see discussed on future episodes. If you recall, I mentioned that sometimes I would like to bring my listeners to the mic so that we can brainstorm and walk through your questions or your issues um, in time. So the podcast is here to help you. I want to help you grow and create your profit plan from scale through exit so that you can not only scale your company, but you can increase your profits now and position yourself for a profitable exit later. So again, feel free to submit your questions or topics that you'd like to discuss by clicking the link in the notes section of the episode. Okay, the most common part of due diligence is the financial aspect, but you want to dig deeper to make sure what you're doing is in line with your current plan. 
For example, if you're purchasing a company, will there be synergies that you can utilize to eliminate duplicate costs, thereby increasing your profits? Will the team and culture of the business being acquired fit in with yours? And what is the data telling you about sustainability? There are really three contexts with which you need to be concerned with due diligence. There's when you want to um, buy an existing business to expand your company, when you want to exit your business or sell it um, for retirement or just to move on to different ventures. And as I said, when you're thinking about creating new offers, moving into new markets, etc., Today, I mainly want to concentrate on the sell, uh, the buying portion, and here's why. Did you know when exiting a business via sale, only 30% of businesses that put their businesses up for sale actually sell? Here's why. Because the due diligence process is the longest process of a buy-sell transaction, and Buyers like to drag out the process so that by the end of it, sellers are so frustrated and just want to get it over with that they end up, if they sell, they sell for a value much less than it's worth. But also, because sometimes they don't even make it to that point, the sellers aren't ready for the due diligence process and they end up giving into the deal and not selling at all. So we are going to concentrate on the buying portion because, let's face it, you need to grow your business before you can exit it, at least for a profitable value. And secondly, we want to give you insight from a buyer's perspective as to what you can expect when you go to sell your company. What will they be asking you for? Now, the most common things first requested uh, when starting the due diligence process are prior tax returns bank statements, and financial statements. And you want to dig deep into these. You don't want to just look at them from a high-level viewpoint because, number one, you want to make sure they're all in agreement. And you may laugh at that, but there are several companies that keep different sets of books for their their financial records. Their bank statements may not actually reflect um, what's in the financial statements. For example, there, you want to make sure that the ins and outs of the cash are properly reflected in the financials and that the financials agree to the tax returns. Some other stuff that you may find within, within looking in those documents is um, are there personal expenses of the owner flowing through the company that may affect things when you're purchasing. For example, if you remove those personal expenses, then the profit technically increases, which number one, could help your business going forward, and number two, might affect the value of the company you're buying in in deciding on the purchase price. It also might tell you that there, there may be signs that the owner has been funding the business to keep things running and that it, it may not technically be as profitable as you think. So those are some signs you want to look at and dig into when you get those documents. But I want to briefly discuss a couple other things that you should keep in mind and look for. You want to request a list of active clients. You certainly don't want to buy a company that's totally reliant on a few clients. 
If it is, then you're standing a pretty good chance once you buy the business, if those few clients have such a relationship with the current owner, that they may leave once you buy it. And everything you purchased or the money you put in is considered lost money at that point. So you want to make sure they have a pretty broad-based client base that spreads out your revenue stream. You want to look at their receivables. And what you're looking for is active clients that haven't paid. You want to look for the collection periods. How long does it take for clients to pay? And you want to look at uh, request documentation to see, are there other owners, partners, or investors involved in the business uh, that may have not been initially discussed or announced when you got into the deal? You want to look for seasonality. Are there peaks and droughts in, in the business? For example, are there months where business is booming and you want to know, give insight as to will you be able to maintain the capacity to serve those clients during those times? Or are there times of the year when it's really slow and you have to figure out how you're going to fill in that gap? You want to look and, if at all possible, talk to current employees and contractors. You want to review their contracts to see what the terms are, how much they're paying for, if they'll stay on when you take over the business, uh, what are the benefits being um, offered. You want to look at culture compatibility. Do the culture ran in the current business with those employees and contracts fit the culture of your current employees or the culture that you're trying to create within your current company? What's the experience of the employees and contractors? And the best insight you can gain from discussions with current employees and contractors is a view of the company. They're in it and they can kind of identify for you or Uh, bring to fruition what the true strengths and weaknesses are of the company you're considering buying. But here's the glitch. Remember I said that the transaction is never really done until the paperwork is signed? And because of this, many sellers do not want it made public that they're looking to sell their companies. Because of course, they don't want clients and or employees to panic and disperse. Otherwise, Number one, they won't be able to keep their business running. Number two, that will decrease the value of the business when they go to sell it. So they may not let you have access to their current employees and contractors because they don't want it known. So you might have to get a little more creative as to how you're going to be able to approach the employees and contractors or get the insight and information from them that you're looking for. Other things that you want to request are legal documents such as vendor contracts, lease agreements, client contracts, loan agreements, copyrights, trademarks, patents. Now the vendor contracts, you want to review these. Are you locked into those contracts once you take over the business? Is there room for negotiation? What are the pricing terms? What are they offering you? Lease agreements. You know, is the current company leasing space that you're going to be liable for going forward? Or will you be provided an out because you don't need that space anymore? That's a synergy where you'll be able to just use the space you currently have. 
What do the client contracts look like? What are the contracts saying that the services offered really are? What are the terms, the pricing, how long those clients need to stay on with you? Will they apply once you take over the business? You really want to look at loan agreements and see what's really out there as far as debt and what you might be walking into from a buyer standpoint. And you want to look at legal documentation, current active legal documentation on copyrights, trademarks, and patents. And one thing that's really important is looking to see who the owner of those copyrights, trademarks, and patents are. Is it the company that you're considering purchasing or is it um, the individual owner of the company that owns those? It makes a huge difference because if you're buying a company based on a widely known program or product or a company name and you're not actually going to own those at the end of the day, that could hugely affect your business going forward. So, you know, if they're not, if they're actually owned by the individual owner rather than the company, you want to kind of see how you can make that part of the uh, acquisition agreement. You can see there's a ton that goes into this and it really takes a team and you're going to want to make sure you're you're talking to an accountant, someone in the accounting profession, you're talking to a mergers and acquisition lawyer, you're talking to your wealth advisor, but most importantly, you're allowing them to talk to each other so that your best interests are served. Now I want to briefly talk about the steel structure. And the most common is the asset versus stock acquisition. Although I'm starting to hear a lot of buzz again lately about um, partnerships with profits interest only. I'm not going to discuss that right now because that can get a little complicated and I'll save that for a future episode. But right now, let's focus on the asset versus stock acquisition. Typically, a buyer wants to lean toward the asset acquisition and a seller wants to lead lean toward a stock acquisition. So in an asset acquisition, you're acquiring all the assets of the company. You're acquiring the client list. You're acquiring copyrights, trademarks, patents, if owned by the company. You're acquiring um, furniture that they may have. If they've developed software, you're acquiring that software. So any assets of the business is what you're acquiring. When you're acquiring via a stock acquisition, you're basically acquiring the stock of the company, which means you're stepping into the shoes of the current owner. Why is this important? Because it means that you will also be liable for any debt associated with that client, that business. And here's a heads up, it's not only the current debt, but say um, they filed tax returns from five years ago and they get audited and they get this huge tax liability assessed to them, you are now liable for that. So naturally, that's why the seller wants to go with a stock acquisition and the buyer wants to go with an asset. But there's also another key, tax treatment. In a stock acquisition for a seller, that's great because then it's treated as a capital gain, which as of right now is taxed at a lower tax rate. And for a buyer, the asset acquisition is great because they basically start new with uh, amortization and depreciation deductions, which of course reduces your taxable income. 
So if you want to accomplish a deal, shoot for the win-win, but make sure you do your due diligence. I hope this helped, and don't forget to click on the link in the notes section if you would like to uh, submit a question or hear a topic that may help you in, in growing and scaling your company with your profit plan from scale to exit. I appreciate you and wish you continued success. If you like what you've heard today, can you do me a favor and jot down your key takeaway in the comments below? Then hit the share button and let your friends know about our Scaling with Intent podcast.